Future Sense is a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Hosted by Nick Jeans and well-known international futurist Steve McDonald, Future Sense provides a fresh, deep analysis of global trends and emergent technologies. How can we identify the layers of growth, personally, socially, and globally? What are the signs missed, the truths being denied? Science, history, politics, psychology, ancient civilizations, alien contact, the new psychedelic revolution, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive and distributed technologies, and much more. This is Future Sense. And good morning to you. Tune to Bay FM 99.9. Yeah, and welcome to my co-host Steve McDonald on Future Sense. Good morning, Nick. So here we are, and um, talking about words and language today, we're talking about the power of words and with respect to the layers of consciousness, but a bit more than that, Steve. Let's. Uh, yeah, so today's show is about unpacking the real in a world of fake news, mm, and we're going to look mm. at how we can use language analysis and following on from our previous shows about pattern recognition to reveal what layers of consciousness are, are active in the messages that mm. we're hearing or reading about or being told. And um, this offers a way through the fake news swamp, basically. Mm. I mean, it's a very, very difficult time at the moment trying to figure out what's actually going on in the world, what's mm. true and what's not. Mm. And so this is uh, ultimately one way that society will cut its way through the jungle, so to speak by learning how to use uh, language analysis to recognize which layer of consciousness is active. And then once we understand which layer of consciousness a message is, is crafted by, we have an insight into their motivations mm. and uh, you know what they might really be trying to achieve. Yeah, and I guess with that, uh, we will be speaking a lot about um, what we call layer five or the orange in Claire W. Graves' work, which we refer to a lot here. It's a bit of an education f- for you folks out there and thanks for all of you listeners and particularly our podcasters. We'll come back to you too, those who are listening on podcasts uh, a little bit later on and, uh, and uh, really acknowledge you and thanks for listening. And, but uh, we, we're hoping to, uh, to bring as much awareness and enlightenment to the ways that we are expressing ourselves in the world and what that means about how we are evolving, if we are evolving, and where, in a sense, we are stuck and where perhaps we are being we're drawn back in that tension. We often, often talk about that slingshot effect in the way that we, uh, we uh, analyse, we look at, we speak, uh, what our media is saying. The words are singularly, as someone has said, the most powerful force available to humanity. We can choose to use this force constructively with words of encouragement or destructively using words of despair. Words have energy and power with the ability to help, to heal, to hinder, but also to hurt, to harm, to humiliate and to humble. And of course, in this era of fake news, often it is those latter words that uh, that is the, the course set by the misuse or the the conscious uh, malappropriation of language for those sort of purposes to create fear, for example, in people. But we'll unpack a lot of these things here on Bay FM. You're resonating right now on Future Sense with Steve McDonald and Nick Jeans. 
And thanks to all of our sponsors, of course, and you are tuned to Future Sense. It's 9.16 here with myself, Nick Jeans, and Steve McDonald through to 11 o'clock. Already we've got a text in. Uh, good morning, Nick and Steve. One of my favourite topics, the word, in a capital W. It gives life or death and all those things you said. Looking forward to listening this morning. Thanks to Grace for that. And thanks also to uh, Mia for writing in saying, uh, yes, we, of course, are part of the media and we are also not objective uh, speakers here. But who is objective? I don't think there's such a thing. Essentially, we are all subjective. Uh, in, in this in this universe, one could argue, but we, that's a different topic of conversation, philosophically speaking. It is. It's an interesting comment, though, yeah. uh, and it's it's fair to say that in the in the sort of perspective that we're taking on this show, which is viewing the world and viewing people's behaviour and consciousness itself through the lens of developmental psychology, in in that particular discipline, uh, subject of objective refers to. Uh, an experience that you're immersed in uh, as subjective, for example, because mm. you actually are immersed in it and it's the subject of your experience. And then when, in a development, developmental sense, you move to a different layer of consciousness, you can look back on that and it becomes objective. And in fact, that's what we're doing on this show mm. is we're, as best we can, looking back on the modern era, which is coming to a close right now, as an object. Uh, sorry, and uh, and of course our, our we're expressing ourselves subjectively because we're within our own particular perspective, and we're also you know part of that culture to one degree or another. Of course, we are situated within that structure. We, we are indeed, uh, yeah, as indeed. opposed to and I've, I've I think I mentioned in our little. Um, promo on social media this morning, you know, you look at the uh, the term, for example, terra nullius, when the British came here originally and named this country terra nullius, empty land, and this itself was a complete lie and supposedly an objective position from their perspective, but no, not not so, a completely subjective position to do with their own power and the need for expanding, extending, expanding that power, which is the colonial sort of project. Yeah, and an inherent result of their particular worldview, mm. because, yes. uh, you know, the, the group that settled Australia a couple of hundred years ago came from a society that was largely either layer three, which was um, pre-rational and uh, acting on impulses and those sorts of things, and layer four, which was, of course, the agricultural society mm. uh, that it was. And the shadow aspect of the agricultural layer of consciousness uh, is actually an inability to recognise the um, indigenous people yeah. as yeah. humans as humans and, yes. and they weren't actually regarded as humans they were called savages yeah. unbelievable yeah, yeah. so there's a word right there you use a word like savage to yeah. the British public to the European public at the time they have this idea of these less than human folks people that, out there somewhere that don't have rights don't have anything don't have technology and so forth that's right and, and we need to recognise that even though it, it seems absolutely horrific from our present day perspective yes. and our present day understanding of, of humanity back in those days it was just the way things were mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. it was a completely different world view. not to make them right that's not what we're saying here but we're saying that situated within that paradigm that people mostly at that time were operating from thinking from feeling through this is the way they were this is how they thought things were and that they were correct and also of course in alignment with those layers driven to some degree or another by uh, the, the rise of the great religions the power of the great religions that, that emerged particularly the judaic religions but not just um, and uh, and the ability of technology to get them around the world and to take the seeds of of, uh, of European culture to all sorts of places all around the world and literally those seeds uh, transplanted to, to other countries included literally the flora and fauna that invaded so to speak this country and yet all of this is part of the you know the project that we can say was uh, of that era and understandably so and yet here we are with the results of that too and looking to 
to face down what we need to do to transform, to transition to a better power, a greater paradigm, you could say, another paradigm, in order to actually heal the global issues we face. So, fake news. And uh, is this fake news? Absolutely. Everything we say is fake. You decide. To somebody. You decide, folks. (laughs) To somebody. So how do we come to this? How did we get here to this place where so many people don't really know what's going on? Everyone's questioning everything. And that's not a bad thing, actually, during this time of rapid change because there is uh, so much uh, crafted news out there which is uh, hit, driven by hidden agendas that it's actually a really good idea to question everything yeah. and to remain curious and uh, in times like this when you come across someone who thinks they know what's going on then you ought to be suspicious basically <laughs> including us including us including us uh, yeah I think I mean, we've uh, we've all experienced at different times I think in uh, in terms of our cultural situation our political perspective perhaps uh, the uh, the the notion that um, you're either with us or against us, this old George Bush thing. I'm, I'm reminded of this quite a lot these days, that uh, you know if you don't think this way, somehow you're not actually with us. Well, no, I don't agree with that, but that's my perspective. Yeah, and that's, that's of course, part of the backslide, which we'll get to. But uh, yeah. let's just have a, a quick uh, revision of the modern era and uh, you know how it's got us to this point where we're swimming in fake news and we don't know what's what and which way is up. Um, it's fair to say that fake news itself is a product of the late modern era, which is often called late-stage capitalism, yeah. and it's layer five in the model that we use here on this show, an I, me, mine, self-expression stage of consciousness, and as such, it's modus operandi is to change the world to fit my needs. So whatever I think I, I need or want, I look out to the world and seek to change the world to fit uh, so it can deliver my, own, my personal success. And so whereas in the... Uh, we, us, our systems, and uh, just a reminder for those of you who, who might not uh, remember or have just tuned in for the sh- to the show for the first time, that as we progress through the various stages or layers of consciousness in the model that we talk about on this show, which comes largely from the work of Dr. Claire W. Graves, we alternate between a system of consciousness that's focused on this I, me, mine way of being in the world, and then we move to a we, us, our system. So there's mm. a pendulum that swings backwards and forwards as we move through the layers between I and we, I and we focus. And the I, of course, is an individual focus, living as an individual in the world and uh, changing the world to suit yourself. And the we is a community focus, community way of living where we adjust ourselves to fit with what the world demands of us. Mm. So here we are at the tail end the late stage of this I, me, mind system, layer five, the modern scientific industrial era. And uh, it has been the want of that particular way of being human, that particular worldview, to change everything, change the rules, change the morals, change the, the social standards of the previous era in order to be successful. And and the, the thing that drove us into this layer five from layer four was a frustration with the old agricultural era because n- nothing was ever delivered straight away. You had, to, you had to wait a long time to get anything in that era. And that's not just because there were no motor cars, but also because the mindset was that you would be rewarded later and you had to mm. sacrifice yourself now in order to achieve that later reward. And it's curious, of course, if you look at religions, and particularly, for example, the, Purit- the Puritans, as they arrived in America, they had this, uh, this ethic of uh, total domination and work to, in order to, uh, to create God's project on earth, so to speak, and, to, and later on, as you say, uh, to off- 
off uh, set their future uh, ex- uh, success in the, in heaven with God way down the track to after their death, and everything was sort of lined up for this this uh, purpose that um, was written by the great word of the uh, the great text of the Bible. It's been yeah. extraordinary, really. So frustration was one of the main drivers of the emergence of, of the modern era and uh, this strife to change the world to suit us, to, mm. to allow us to be successful now instead of having to wait until we die or, or late in life. And the modern mind in the process of changing the world became a master of spin mm. and it, it actually invented marketing as a thing, didn't it? It did indeed. Yes, we'll come, we'll, we'll talk a little bit perhaps as we go forth about Edward Bernays. Many of you would have heard of Edward Bernays. He's a favourite of mine. I've talked to him about on a number of radio shows for a number of times over a number of years, really. The, kind of the inventor of, uh, of modern marketing. He was, uh, he was Sigmund Freud's nephew on both sides of the family, as a, as a matter of fact, which he, he liked, to, uh, liked to declare often, apparently, in his era. He wrote the book 1928, uh, the seminal word, Propaganda, the word itself, and is called The Father of Public Relations. And as Steve's saying, in a sense, since uh, the 20s and 30s, um, basically he uh, created the modern sense of, uh, of marketing, propaganda, spin, and ultimately, I think uh, you could you could argue that fake news has evolved out of out of that uh, that structure as it's as it's become more and more uh, desperate to maintain control. It's more and more willing to say exactly whatever it wants and interpret words whatever it however it needs to to maintain power. Yeah, in the shift from the agricultural era, the change into the modern era came in waves, as these kinds of changes always do. And uh, some of the earliest waves were around about the, the 12th century where there was yeah. a, an early stage renaissance. Yes. And in fact, it was around that time that the word conspiracy mm-hmm. first appeared. Yes, conspiracy is a, fan, a, f- a fascinating word uh, to conspire. I often think of the word conspiracy as being related oddly to the word inspire, aspire, respire. It has those positive things in the in this the spirit, but to conspire, I guess, means literally to bring to uh, have a sort of spirit or a, a togetherness with what you believe. But of course, it's taken on a, a very pejorative meaning in the, in the last you know, hundred years or so, or fifty years. Yeah, and if we look at the, the shadow aspects of consciousness in the first uh, six layers, the first tier of consciousness in Claire Grage's model, the shadow aspect of layer five is actually layer two, which is tribalism. And so even though layer five is a very individually oriented uh, system, its shadow aspect, in other words, the, the part of its personality that plays out unconsciously, is its capa- its its tendency to form little tribes. Mm. And anyone who's worked in the corporate world or any classic modern mm. large organisation would know that there there are cliques, mm. little tribes that develop, which have their own agendas. And even within the cliques, because it's an individual system, you still you still get you know the backstabbing and all that kind of stuff going on. So it always comes back to me and what I want, even though I have to. Collaborate with other people in order to get what I want to be successful. Sometimes that's interesting. Also, in larger corporations, that process you've just described there also results in in a greater or lesser degree of compartmentalization. So that the left hand doesn't really know what the right hand's doing. So yeah. your individual process is going. Well, you don't actually know what the bloke in the next thing is actually his agenda or their her agenda as part of her tribe and part of is part of the sort of corporation. That's so right. So it's playing yes. everybody off against each other in a sense. Whether that's uh, that's extant or whether it's actually a hidden sort of process somewhere. That's right. And what happens when you take that to an extreme? Nobody knows what's going on. And that's where we are right now. We seem to be. For all of you out there, strangers in a strange land, you're grokking future sense here on Bay FM. 
you're tuned to us, 9.33 Bay FM. And uh, you're tuned to Future Sense here with Steve McDonald and Nick Jeans through till 11 o'clock. Thanks for your text. You can text in at any time, 04373 And it appears here on our screen. You can comment about anything we're talking about or bring our attention to things. A couple of other texts that have come in. This morning, um, I was talking briefly about terra nullius, that uh, that uh, Latin term, which was uh, which is layered upon our indigenous people in this country all those years ago. That meant uh, empty earth, and of course it wasn't. And um, someone has written and said it hasn't changed much. Watched the final quarter, which I think was on television last night on uh, Channel Ten. Adam Goods, the Sydney Swans uh, indigenous footballer, uh, was called an ape and booed, and that was only fairly recently. Apparently it's a very, very powerful documentary. I haven't seen it. Uh, when we, will we evolve, says Sue, and that's certainly a good question. Um, and another text coming in. Thank you so much. I love BFM 99.9 because you give us entertaining balance or express the visionary thoughts of what will never be achieved like everyone is right when no one is wrong. There's no reason why. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, Shane. I think he writes in quite often. I'm not sure exactly what you mean by that. Did you get that? No, I think you'd have to read it again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Do I we can re- read that last sentence again. Uh, so, so uh, you give us entertaining balance or express the visionary thoughts of what will never be achieved, like everyone is right when no one is wrong. Oh, yeah. Like when everyone is right, no one is wrong. Yeah, that's true, too. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> or is it true? You, someone out there is going to say, uh, no, it's uh, not. Uh, That'd be uh, ridiculous. And thanks for the comment about uh, the uh, Adam Goods documentary panel. It's, it's really fantastic, but also troubling because, yeah, some things uh, clearly got a long way to do before, a long way to go before they change. And our relationship to our Indigenous people is a very good example of how language is used to continue to suppress people. Yeah, it's also, it's also an example, that one you quoted off, the uh, backsliding mm. down the spiral, a re- regression to older value systems in order to try and find something that works. Um, so let's let's just unpack Layer 5 a little bit more so we understand how this whole uh, fake news and spin thing has arisen. Um, we started to give it a bit of an introduction. So it's uh, it was termed by Graves multiplistic, a multiplistic layer of consciousness. And what that means is that thinking is linear within this particular system, but there are always multiple options. So in the previous agricultural era uh, layer of consciousness, there was always only one option and there was a higher, some higher authority dictated what that right option was. And uh, of course, there was, you could not follow that right option, in which case you took the wrong option but, and, and you always had those two choices but effectively it would, there was really only one path that you should follow. But in layer five, there are many paths that you could follow. So there's no, the, the idea of right or wrong starts to dissolve into many different options and shades of gray. And each option, according to the modern scientific industrial way of thinking, must be explored, experimented with. And then once you've done that, you can choose the best option. And so there's a process implied in this way of thinking, this way of interacting in the world, is you have to test things out, you have to experiment, and that's, of course, what gave rise to what we know as everyday science Mm. these days, Mm. um, or mainstream science, not to be confused with quantum science, which is a little bit further ahead. And with any of these uh, systems of consciousness, layers of consciousness, value systems, uh, various uh, terms for them, there's a constructive and a deconstructive expression. So in the early stages when this a new uh, system, a new way of thinking, a new set of values emerges, it's constructive in that it's solving the problems that were created by the old paradigm, the old system. But there comes a point where 
it, it kind of goes in this big bell curve where it will reach a peak and then uh, become deconstructive. And interestingly, it's, it's the same system, the same set of values, the same motivations, behaviors that deconstruct the system as constructed it in the first place, which is which is quite fascinating. Mm. But what changes is the complexity of life conditions. Yeah. And each system, because the, the whole spiral of development or evolution is spiraling upwards towards greater complexity, each system is constantly making the world a more complex place. And it's easy to see how, how the modern era has done that, particularly through technology. Uh, it's incredible too, as you're speaking, of course, that so many people, I, I feel in my experience, uh, and certainly not necessarily in this region or close people that I'm, I know, but the, the things you see out there and the, the way that people express themselves, that we're, we're quite um, captured still by um, the falsity of all of this, like the, 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 uh, the ability of those in power to basically use words, we're talking about language and all the facilities, and we're talking languages here too, so that also means, I guess, the visual languages when we see Instagram and YouTube being the, the predominant social media these days rather than uh, Facebook, which is more text-oriented, but that's also changed. So language also applies here to the visual and to the other, uh, the other elements of our creative expression that communicate. So it's not just about words themselves, but of course they're implicated there. So it's, a, it's incredible how we still have found it difficult to see through uh, the way that language is manipulated in this era, in this paradigm. Uh, we talk about fake news, but we now get it every day, and we seem to be washed over, and people just sort of accept, oh, there's fake news, but I don't know which one's fake, but there is fake news. It's, I guess that's a point along the way to a greater understanding, but it seems that we're kind of stuck in that place right now to, 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 to a degree, my perception. Yes, but it always comes back to who you're talking about, and yeah. uh, you know, the generalizing and saying we and people this, people that, it is, uh, I guess, part of the old era that we're leaving behind and we're moving towards a place mm. where we can distinguish between mm. how people think and different layers of consciousness and understand that okay people who are seeing the world from this particular perspective will see it this way and i guess what we're trying to tease apart here on future sense is an understanding that okay not everybody sees the world the same way and in fact we're all living in different bubbles of reality and bumping into each other and uh, you know, and the, the consequent problems that come from bumping into other people with different motivations, different values, different perspectives on reality, in fact. Why is it so hard for so many people to see that there are different layers? Because this is not a judgment in terms of one better than the other. They're just appropriate for certain people at certain times in their particular evolution or certain tribes or communities, perhaps. Okay. But it seems very difficult for people to actually see this at all that we actually operate on different levels and thus judge another with, from their own value system. Yeah, I, I guess stepping back, the answer to that is as we move up this spiral of development for, as individuals from the moment we're born and as we, uh, our, our capacities and our perceptions, our sensory perceptions expand and we grow and, and bump into the various aspects of the world and, and learn from that. Uh, and in a species sense, as, as humanity also evolves along the same spiraling journey, each layer that we grow into is more complex and comprehensive than the previous layer. And the, some of the things that increase mm. as we grow into the, the uh, different layers are things like you know, how we're motivated, how we think. Um, I mean, literally how we piece together 
their, you know, their framework of reality, yeah, how meaning. we make, make sense, make meaning yes. of the world, the, our patterns of behavior, our capacity to understand and to consider other people. Uh, and we move from following very, very simple rule sets. Uh, when we're first born, you know, the rule sets are real simple. It's like eat, sleep, mm. breathe, exist, pretty much. And we, we, as we discussed in a previous show about uh, different patterns in human behavior and human consciousness, we slowly add these binary patterns on top, one on top of another. Uh, and embedded in those binary patterns is also uh, the, the uh, capacity we have for free choice and consciousness itself. Mm. It's, it's not just a mechanical pattern. Yeah. Um, and uh, we, we move, you know, eventually to very complex capacities. And when we encounter things in the world which are beyond our capacity to unpack, you know, we, we, it's like a, a computer trying to run a program on a computer that's just not built to run that particular program. And so we find these things puzzling. We don't understand them. Mm. And often they can confuse us, deceive us, lead us astray. Um, you know, until the moment that we see the pattern and we go, hang on a minute, I see what's going on here. <laughs> you're making me, you know, you're trying to make me do that. Uh, and everybody's had that realization at some, some point in their lives. And so th this is why, in a general sense, you know, some people still uh, abide by, you know, these uh, what could be, could arguably called deceptive stories that are fed out in the media. It's really important. We had, we did a program, I think it was last week, on, on patterns and pattern making. And, of course, in a sense, as, as you're speaking there, one of the great abilities of human beings is to identify patterns on yeah. one layer or level or the other. This is how we create, by seeing connections between things, by making new connections, by seeing things that are initially not seen or not seen beforehand and now are seen. Those patterns are in, uh, increasingly complexified as we move forward and thus offer different uh, approaches to more, uh, more appropriate, more complex uh, solutions to what are more and more complex problems. So that ability to identify more complexified patterns is part of the evolutionary step and is almost something to be focused on in oneself. I'm thinking as you're speaking, like how do I look at that part of myself that is seeing or not seeing patterns, so to speak? Yeah. So. You know, to give a really simple example, say that you'd never seen the game of chess before and you, you're in the village square and you come across, across some people playing chess, you know, and you watch, stand there and watch for a while and you get confused because some of the pieces can move straight forward, but other pieces don't move that straight horse, forward. How does that horse move? I don't understand how the horse moves. I, I know, I know. And some of them can do things that other things can't do. And, you know, if you don't know the rules, if you don't, haven't learnt the pattern, you know, the guy who's playing could tell you anything and you just believe it because you see he's playing it, so he must know. And, and basically, that, that's what it is. Mm. Yeah. That sounds like a good definition of propaganda right there. It does. Yeah. Thanks for your texts, and this is a nice one. Probably the most sensible time in my week. Thank you for this show. You're tuned to Future Sense with Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald. Engage, emerge, activate, and spiral up. 9.52 here on Future Sense this morning, and we're talking about uh, many things, but the power of language, the power of words, the power of uh, the media in this modern time to um, to create um, propaganda, marketing, public relations and how that influences and how it uh, works in this current layer that we're talking about, layer five, orange in Claire W. Graves' work. Yeah, and as I mentioned before, uh, each layer has a constructive and a deconstructive aspect to it and, and often the constructive is more dominant during the early stages of the layer and then the deconstructive obviously to it as it tails off. 
towards the next uh, change, shift to another layer. So some of the constructive aspects around uh, or of layer five and this particular uh, way of being human include this multiplistic thinking where we can look at multiple options and we can assess multiple options and find the very best course of action to give us what we're trying to achieve. And that is, of course, a massive improvement on the old uh, agricultural way, which was always to follow the rightiest path. So uh, we can look around us and see the amazing benefits that this particular multiplistic way of thinking of interacting with the world have uh, have. Um, has brought to us in terms of our technology and our, our um, comfortable way of living that many of us benefit from these days. Typically, the best option is emphasized. So it goes through, we, layer five goes through this, this selection process and selects the best option to pursue. And um, when that's been communicated, usually the limitations or the consequences of taking other options you know, are also delivered as part of the, the communication. And this is in a healthy, constructive way, of course. Yeah. Uh, so there's usually always debate involved. You know, there's there's never um, in a true layer five expression. There's never an absolutistic statement that this is the way it must be, and there are no options to be considered. So when you hear that kind of language, that's layer four. Mm. Okay, and, and that's that's at this time in history, that's evidence often in. Uh, Western countries of a, a uh, regressive value search going back to an older way of living in, in, in order to try and make things better. You can certainly see that in some members of the coalition, in my humble opinion, right now. In the uh, way absolutely. They Look, it's, it's, you know, it's becoming rampant in politics yeah. Uh, yeah. right across, across the, the globe. Western, mm. Across the globe at the mm. moment. But it's not business as usual layer five. It's a backslide. Yes, yes. So, yes. so business as usual layer five is there's discussion, there's debate, there are options. Here are the options. Let's talk about the options. You mm. know, I think this is the best option. What do you think? Mm that kind of stuff. So this is built-in flexibility, uh, which is absent in the, the rigid layer four approach. And regular science, of course, is very much like that. You know, uh, science, as it's developed during the modern scientific industrial era, it is always open to new evidence, new material evidence. And it's always improving, always revising, you know. And uh, a professional scientist will talk about a current theory uh, or hypothesis, and if you look back throughout the, the last few hundred years of history, you'll see those those theories have always been changing. There's always been something new that we have to learn, something mm. that we've added to the theory in order to understand it better. Sometimes old theories are disproven, new theories emerge, mm. uh, and and that's the kind of healthy, constructive expression of layer five. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, that we see when it's not under pressure. Uh, you could also think of. Uh, an example of a smart lawyer in a courtroom and the, the tactics that they use in order to win a case, you know, where they will, the, the law itself tends to be a rigid kind of thing and a lot of our legal structures came out of a layer four society. Mm. And so the smart layer five lawyer will always find a way around, you know, there'll always be a little gap, a little mistake, a little omission in the law that you can exploit and get what you want. Which is fascinating too, if you watch those sort of legal dramas, the good ones, and I do enjoy those myself, as you hear the manipulation of language in the context of what you're talking about as, as the methodology the tool to do exactly that. Yes, yeah. yes. And and within that, I guess we see the beginnings of the deconstructive aspect of Layer 5, you know, how Layer 5 can, mm. can use uh, spin and language very skillfully to deconstruct things that otherwise, you know, look solid. Uh, and uh, you've got to remember that 
there was layer five that really invented strategy. You know, a strategy didn't really exist before layer five emerged. I mean, if you go back to the old ways of fighting wars, they were very set piece and yes, there were yes. agree, agreed ways of doing it. Almost a joke when you see those kind of reconstructions, uh, fictionally or otherwise, of like the American Civil War, for example, Absolutely. and how they lined up in a certain way. And, you know, now we here's the front line of soldiers who are going to be basically be shot now by standing up and and doing your thing absolutely exactly, no exactly you know and, yeah. and wearing crazy colours like red and blue and, and stuff like that no Great camouflage camouflage guys no camouflage well but that'd be fine if they were at a Trump rally that would work very well yeah um, and so uh, you know those that rigidity kind of uh, collapsed mm. with the emergence of layer 5 and mm. we got into you know much greater flexibility but some of the deconstructive aspects of of layer five when layer five uh, sort of passes its peak and and comes under pressure and perhaps feels threatened uh, then the first response is usually that it'll just try more of the same but harder and faster uh, and so and uh, regular listeners might remember me using the example in a number of shows of the the internal combustion engine you know that that works uh, to a certain level of power as it gets older the parts wear down and, and it, there's more or well, sorry less friction inside the engine so that being less friction the parts actually start to move faster and produce more power momentarily until the the friction breaks the seals in the engine and then the whole thing blows and so often you see that you know harder faster harder faster harder faster collapse pattern Mm. and look around in modern society and you'll find it in places like the stock exchange for example where things get pumped up and they collapse brexit yeah all of these sorts of things uh, we spoke about the emergence of the word conspiracy yes. and this uh, shadow aspect of tribalism where people will sort of form their own cliques in, in order to try and get the, what they want. Um, some of the... Uh, in, in modern warfare, we, you know, we were talking about warfare before and how uh, it was changed by Layer 5. One of the great examples is uh, uh, Rogers Rangers, which um, was a, an early emergence, I think, uh, in... Uh, it was in one of the, the British battles. I'll, uh, I'll actually let me come back to that. I'll pull up mm. and Lincoln come back to it. But it's it's it was the emergence of the breaking of these established rules and set in set piece battles where um, <laughs> this particular guy Roger who who led the group of Rangers, you know, he he figured out ways of actually doing things differently. And it was the emergence of layer five thinking, which actually collapsed the old set piece and, and structured battles. But and in modern warfare, we've seen the emergence of things like psychological warfare. Uh, you know, mind control programs by intelligence agencies, surveillance capitalism, all of these sorts of things, which which emerged as uh, somewhat desperate attempts to try and hold on to the layer five life conditions as we slowly uh, encountered waves of layer six complexity emerging. And so, you know, the, it wasn't business as usual anymore. So we had to try and figure out, okay, how can we be trickier? How can we be more cunning? How can we hold our information even closer uh, in order to remain, you know, successful in, in this world? And uh, another example... Which I, is a conspiracy, by the way, in, a, in and of itself. Well, it is actually, yeah. Um, and, you know, that, that kind of uh, tension from the increasingly complex life conditions has really changed every aspect of modern life you know it's crept into into our most personal spaces mm. um, you know it's it's uh, our devices our electronic devices are riddled with that, that kind of thinking we, um, Snowden's revelations I guess were were signaling 
to some extent that the end is approaching you know of the old life conditions just because there was a, a revelation of these desperate measures which were going on behind the scenes mm. in order to uh, hold back the change that was inevitably coming mm. uh, so I guess um, the as we as as the efforts become more desperate they also start to backslide out of layer five to layer four and so from the institutions and the people that have been exercising the layer five strategies motivations uh, we start to see them becoming sloppy and more rigid and i think this has been you know quite uh, evident within the last I don't know, maybe 20 years in, in society and in politics and those sorts of things where once upon a time there would be carefully crafted strategies to try and stop us from thinking about a certain thing or don't look at that. Um, you know, perhaps where uh, a, a, a sort of important figure had been assassinated or something like that and, and uh, you know, there was a carefully crafted story which was put out that most people kind of bought and for many, many years it was, you know, thought about as okay well that's the way things happen and then as we've moved forward now and, and things are getting sloppier the attempts to to maintain control of society uh, are getting more rigid and more like layer four people are starting to question say hang on a minute uh, and if you listen to the language and I guess this is the, the, yeah. the central part of what we're saying in this particular uh, show is the language becomes more rigid, it becomes absolutistic. And whereas in the past it would be quite an elaborate story with many different threads, probably too many threads for you to be able to, you know, follow up uh, easily and that by design. But now it's just like a straight out statement of, uh, for example, no, there are weapons of mass destruction, therefore we must do this and there is no option. Or the Donald Trump version now, just naming anything that he doesn't like as fake news, full stop. And it's just accepted that that's that it's almost uh, an overarching uh, um, conspiracy, actually, that he's seemingly identified. And of course, there is fake news. It's just that maybe it's not exactly where he's pointing to. And that's the trick of the sleight of hand that's going on. It's, you know, Trump's a very interesting character. And mm. uh, I've no doubt that. He's, uh, you know, the, a key role that he's playing at this time in history is to dismantle some of these structures which are, are proving problematic in order to make space for change to emerge in a more complex way. Uh, and sometimes, um, I mean, every everything around these systems of consciousness is dynamic. So according to what our life conditions are demanding in the moment, we as individuals will spiral up or spiral down through these different layers. And so we, we don't live in one particular layer. We're generally spread across about three layers and we'll spiral up and spiral down to more complex or less complex ways of expressing ourselves as the, the moment demands. And I think uh, Trump is an example of somebody who's quite capable of spiraling down uh, out of the rational zone into the pre-rational zone where he'll just speak on impulse and yeah. he'll speak whatever truth comes up from in the moment without considering the, the implications of saying that. Uh, and uh, to be honest, there's a value in that at this time in history. Um, and I, I guess it, it's like the old uh, fable of the emperor's new clothes where, you know, the, the emperor was told that these clothes could only by seen could only be seen by people who were intelligent enough and um, developed enough to recognize their beauty and anybody else wouldn't be able to see them uh, and of course that was a, a ruse and a, and a trick and and Trump is like a little kid that's just calling out hey the emperor's got no clothes on 
Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting with what you're saying to the, the recent incident of uh, at one of his rallies just a few days ago where the, all his supporters started um, uh, chanting, send her back. Um, to his uh, his comments about uh, the four, particularly the four Democratic uh, um, representatives, and, and particularly Ilhan Omar of Minnesota, who is, uh, is obviously a, a Muslim uh, Democrat representative, and then disowning the fact that he kind of stimulated this yeah. centre back uh, chant. Uh, and as you're saying, there there is a purpose here. And as you're speaking, I thought, well. It is showing us the degree and the depth of racism and uh, and judgment, if you will, in America towards the other that is clearly has always been there, clearly has been a, 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 a deep wound in the American psyche, not just the American psyche here too, but that it's been sort of identified by being exaggerated in a sense at the moment. Yeah, that's very true. And uh, you know, I saw that clip where Trump was questioned the next day about yeah. his response to the chanting, and it seemed to me like he pretty much just came out and lied about what pretty happened. Much. It's it's the kind of thing that you would expect much. from a from a school kid. It's that pre-rational behaviour where put under pressure in the moment, any way that you know they can grasp onto without thinking too much yeah. uh, to get out of the predicament they're in. And often that's just telling a lie. It's like you know, well, it actually wasn't that at all. Mm, exactly. Yeah. You've been listening to Future Sense, a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Future Sense is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. The future is here now. It's just not evenly distributed.